Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. Want to talk about Congrats. the horn dog that is Kim? Um, thank you, thank you. All right, <laughs> but I made a salad because I was home. I was like, "Oh, I can make a salad." I am going to try to eat this fruit quietly. <laughs> you can add some ASMR while I talk. We talk about this episode. Welcome everybody to this episode of Squintcast. My name is Kelly, and I'm Brittany. And today, uh, we're going to talk about Bones, Season 4, Episode 2, titled... The Yanks in the UK, Part De, uh, or oui. Two. Part De. Okay, tell <laughs> me about the writers and the director and everything. Okay, let me tell you. So this episode was directed by the same person as the first part, Ian Twainton, so we don't really have to talk about him much. But... However, it was written by two different people, and normally Hart Hansen gets in there, who's the uh, creator of the show, as a writer, but he did not get involved in this one. Really? Instead, the other showrunner, Stephen Nathan, helped write this episode of Bones. Okay. He actually, he only wrote 24 episodes of the whole show. Which sounds like a lot, but it's not that much. So he wrote The Man right. in the SUV, Two Bodies in the Lab, Two Bodies in the Lab, The Soldier on the Grave, Mother and Child in the Bay, Headless Witch in the Woods, Glowing Bones in the Old Stone House. Wow. And The Pain in the Heart. Okay. <clears throat> and then a bunch of other episodes. Sorry about <laughs> clearing my throat like that. Apologies. Um, no problem. <laughs> I. I. I'm sorry that Hart Hansen wasn't involved in this because there's some really problematic directions it goes into. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many times in there's my notes. There's so many written, issues. I want to tell you, normally my notes run from like five to seven pages long and I'm doing bullet points, blah, blah, blah. It's very close together. Today, 10 pages of notes. <laughs> and almost every... On every page, like three or four times per page, I have capitalized like what I'm writing because I'm yelling at the fucking, <laughs> like I'm yelling on my keyboard because I'm so <laughs> mad or like I think something is absolutely ridiculous. This, so. this episode, if it had to have a song. Does it have the lyrics on the screen? Yes! Sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. All the good things and the bad things that may be about sex. Anyway, how can you go wrong with salt and pepper? Salt and pepper. I can't believe you know who they are. They were like so 80s. Thank you. I'm so cultured and I know so many things about music. 
<laughs> that yeah. is one yeah. point in the one point in the Britney category. Yes. <laughs> yes, finally. Um, I should give credit to a guy named Scott Williams, who is also a producer of the show. And he wrote <laughs> seven episodes total. He also wrote this episode. Um, okay. So the truth and the lie, the girl and the gator, mummy in the maze, the Santa and the slush, and then part two of the Yanks in the UK. And then he goes on to write two more episodes of season four, and then he's done. So he does not wow. write any more episodes. Oh well, let's. Uh... I'm hoping that we get a lot of laughs out of this because the 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 episode. Oh, whatever. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Poor Clark. Oh That's all I have to say. Oh, my God. Not Clark. even. There's so many people I feel sorry for in this freaking episode. Just some ridiculous things. Anyway. I'm just, can I, I know we normally talk about this at the end, but can I just tell you who my king of the lab is You're from the king. beginning? My king, king of the lab. Already. Yes. Already. Is Clark. And it's we're going to talk about why. <laughs> Brittany, spoiling early in the show. I love Clark. He's so great. I haven't decided who my king is. I know who my rat is, but we're not going to talk about that yet. Okay. Okay. Well, shall we begin? Let's begin. So let's we begin. are, let's begin. So we start on the, uh, on the lab, the forensic platform, the lab platform, and Hodgins is there, and Clark and Cam are there, and Angela, and they're chatting mostly about not work, but Clark is trying to catalog some remains while uh, Brennan's still in London. And so Angela and Hodgins are talking about how, oh yeah, the divorce papers, he finally signed them. Okay, actually, that's pretty good news. Excellent. Oh, Sweets is there too. Sorry. Anyway, so poor, poor why, Clark. Why is Sweets here? Why is Sweets even here? Sweets is here in a lot of this, even though he's an FBI person. He was in a lot of this episode uninvited. Was he just invited to this lunch, this divorce celebration lunch that they were all going to go to? Perhaps he got there early. But um, perhaps it was also so that he could be there to witness um Birumbau, aka Grayson, aka Angela's ex-husband, walking onto the platform. Which how who? who led him there? Who is letting this guy in? They and should be so, fired. For sure. Whoever the security guard is is doing a bad job. Anyway, so fired. Grayson is just like, hello. I I your happiness is all that me matters to me, Angela. So Yes, I must go now. Anyway, so <laughs> it's like so ridiculous. And poor again, Clark is like, isn't this all extremely awkward? Why are we, why is this happening right now? Which is exactly how we're feeling. Anyway, so Cam offers to drive this dude to the airport because obviously he decided to come and stop by one more time instead of just taking the cab he was already in directly to the airport. Just go to the airport, man. That's fine. Anyway, so they go off and Clark is standing there and he's like, honestly, I really don't have to be included in everything, guys. Please stop including me. <laughs> 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 uh, 
And that's the end of our time in Washington, D.C. Yes. Next. So that was back at the lab. They're all going to have a divorce celebration. Yes. People keep letting Grayson back into this place uh, willy-nilly. He just gets to walk around, no problem. And, oh, my God. Uh, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And the, the funny line in that one was where Angela thanked him for the divorce. She's like, thanks so much, man. Thanks so much for doing that. Thanks anyway. for the divorce. I really appreciate very, it. Very, very silly. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But and I just want to say, too, Sweets is here. We've already I've already complained about him being here. Yes. But he's 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 here as this person who seems to feel he has this need to psychologically like analyze and explain to people how everyone is feeling like he tries to psychoanalyze everyone's feelings and moments and i was just like my one of my first instances of using capital letters in my notes already no no one asked you sweets (laughs) like no one asked you to do this seriously no no one did and no one no one no one wants the advice no one wants any commentary, especially not Clark. No. Especially not Clark. So <laughs> our next scene, we are back in England. And yes. we have, okay, this scene. <laughs> this scene is, regardless, they're packing up the cab with all their bags outside this hotel they apparently stayed at while they were in uh, England. And Booth and Brennan Brennan has so many gift bags. <clears throat> I I just want to say, like, her the car is out of control. They have so many bags. Booth, of course, has his one army sack. And he was given one gift by the Scotland Yard. He was given a bobblehead bobby. And he was very excited about it. It's but so cute. Brennan has gift bags. Like, she went... She's the richest woman in the world, and she went shopping on Rodea Drive. She has, like, gift bags. Apparently, all these students of uh, Ian Wexler's gave her all these gifts. My problem with this is not the gifts, Brittany. It's the fact that she didn't pack them, that they're in gift bags. They're just loose. And she's just loose bags that she's piling into the cab to go on a plane. I'm like, are they she flying even looked private? <laughs> Are they flying private? Because this is the only situation where open gift bags are acceptable. That's a good point. Like how everybody in their freaking right mind would take all the things out and put them in your suitcase. That is very true. This is my problem number two. I didn't even think about that. I just thought of the fact who is giving gifts to Brennan. Okay. What the heck is that about? Don't people just gonna get into signed? all that as well? Like this whole Ian Wexler's students thing. It's so weird. Oh, I have many questions actually as we go on. This is only my third problem. First problem: Grayson has oh, yeah, free reign of too. the Jeffersonian. Yeah. Sweets is hanging around psychoanalyzing every fucking interaction. You know, Brennan has open gift bags that she's just gonna carry on. Was she gonna put them in her overhead freaking compartment? No. And she, she must be pre- flying a, a chartered uh, airline. Yes. And Booth's hair is red. It's very red in this scene. He's, it is. He seems like he has a red hair. Yeah. It's the lighting or something. I'm not yeah. sure. But So sunny. Oh, my God. And say it ain't so. We cut to a 
the next scene, which is obviously Cam and Birumbel boning. Yeah. Like that one from zero to a hundred. And she's I like, called oh. I knew right away they were going to sleep together. I was like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, God. She's going to go not. for it. She, he's like, oh, um, here, why don't, why don't, and they spent the night together because he's offering to buy her breakfast because apparently huh? his flight was canceled. And so she's like, oh, my God, earth shattering sex and breakfast. I can die a happy woman. <laughs> like, okay, raise the bar, Kim. <laughs> anyway. So I knew they were going to do that. Are they going to get married mention, too? No, I'm going to mention, although you never know, right? <laughs> I'm going to mention right now in this scene right here with Cam and Grayson slash beer and bow slash whatever. Cam is a very confident and happy woman. Okay. I'm just going to mention yes. very confident woman. What an excellent thing to mention, because I'm sure she's going to carry that personality characteristic all the way through the whole episode. <sighs> Regardless, back in England, <laughs> we have Booth and Brennan still packing the, the cab with all their gift bags. During this period of time, while they're talking about the gift bags and blah, 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 they're also talking about Professor Ian Wexler. They're spending all this time talking about this guy who never called Brennan to say goodbye and how, like, you know... It's because you didn't have sex with him, so he doesn't want to say goodbye to you. He has no respect for you. And they have this weird, weird, weird conversation. And then he was Booth talking about how he can't wait to be back in the U.S. and talking about how much England sucks. And I was thinking, like, is Booth like a basic bitch or what? Does he eat chicken salad in Japan? Like, what is wrong with this guy? Seriously. And he's also going on about how he wants to be a knight as well. Yes. Like he doesn't like England, but he wants, like, he thinks it's a pretty cool thing to get knighted. <laughs> anyway, because he doesn't get any accolades. Uh, he's like, he wants more accolades for being of service to his country, I guess. And he's not so wrong. Sealy booth. <laughs> he likes the sound of it. Yeah. Anyway, he, uh, he gets a phone call at this point and he answers the phone. And then just as he answers the phone, of course, Brennan starts talking to him about how she doesn't need any accolades. She knows she's smart, blah, blah, blah. Pet peeve number is 758. I've talked to you about this, about how I don't like it when people talk to me when I'm on the phone. Yeah. But Booth's face, Booth's face is very like, oh my God, he's like loses all the blood in his face. Great acting moment. And um, turns out after he gets off the phone, he tells Brennan something happened with Dr. Professor Ian Wexler. We don't know yet, but it's something happened with him. Boom, boom, boom. It's very interesting because these episodes aired. That was excellent. These episodes aired back to back, but they're other than the overlapping characters, they're they're pretty distinct episodes, I would say. The, right. The, like we ha have Pritchard and Ian Wexler come back, but otherwise. And we have one other character that comes back, which we'll talk about. But otherwise, they're pretty independent. So we're back at the lab, and I feel like I'm basically talking about B-plot for the entire episode so far. <laughs> um, and poor Clark, again, is just trying to examine a skeleton. And he's talking about his findings with Angela and Hodgins, who don't want to talk about anything other than now that the divorce is finalized, where they're going to get married. Apparently, they're trying to decide between Maine or jamaica 
And um, yeah, Cam walks in and is like, hey, sorry I'm late. What did I miss? And then Angela innocent or Hodgins innocently asks, did Angela's ex get off okay? And Cam is like, whoa, buddy, inappropriate question. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's a little awkward. And Hodgins is like, hey, wait, I'm talking about like getting him off, go, go to the airport. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he, he's gone. So, And then she just kind of, like, gets all awkward. And and Cam is like, uh, okay, yeah, Maine or Jamaica, either place is good to get married. Okay, bye. And then just kind of walks off. And Clark is like, "What? where am I working? What is happening right now? We'll talk a little bit about Clark <laughs> and how he's reacting to all of this. Through, again, later on. But I just, yes, Cam... At this moment, I'm sorry, I'm frustrated because it bothers me when women are written like this. It bothers me that Cam has been written this way because she's in this place of no chill. She has no chill. So everything has a sexual entendre, a double entendre, right? So everything yeah. you say is like, what? What do you mean? Oh, sex? No, what? Oh. She's acting all awkward. Get off? What? <laughs> Get off? What do you mean? Oh, yes, of course he, yes, he went to the airport, of course. Like, just weird <laughs> reactions like that. And then she extricates herself from the conversation really quickly and awkwardly. And mm. Angela even, like, her, Angela's spidey senses are up. Like, she's like, what the hell's wrong with her? Like, she's acting yeah. really weird. Really she's weird. She's acting so weird. Uh, I don't know. It's just this B plot. It just kind of it trickles through the whole episode. We'll keep talking about it, but it's a weird one. So we end up back in London, of course, and it would appear that whatever scene Ian Wexler was involved in appeared to have been set on fire. So they're outside of this row of apartment buildings that where clearly there has been a fire that was just put out. And so Pritchard is there to meet them and she would like Brennan to look at the remains that are inside this apartment, which happens to be no surprise there Ian Wexler's place. Yes. So yeah, Pritchard insists that she take a look at the, at the remains because Ian always talked very highly of her. So they go to head into the apartment and Booth goes with her, of course. So, they go into the apartment and they start looking around and it looks Brittany. like pardon there's still smoke coming off of everything there's oh yeah this is not an appropriate there. time to go they have no protective <laughs> clothing on no where's the fire inspector what's happening like this is like crime number 752 and also, they walk into his flat, his apartment. This is Ian Wexler's, Professor Wexler's apartment. I assume he is a tenured professor at Oxford. I wanted to Why talk about he... this, but we were going to talk about it later, but yes. <laughs> Why is he living in this place? It's a tiny bachelor apartment. And we... like... And I'm supposed to believe that he picked up women and brought them back here and had sex with them? In like and he's 10 so scenes. good at sex. He's so amazing at sex. <laughs> in like Jesus. 10 scenes from now, I was wondering, how much does Brennan make outside of her book deals? 
<laughs> because I'm like, okay, there's a couple things. Well, that she's fine private, like, obviously. Um, obviously. <laughs> so she's doing just fine. She's okay. Oh my God. So yeah, they go into the fiery, um, the smoking room with with a potential suspect because Pritchard is his partner. So you would think she shouldn't be here. She should not be there it's at not all. Not even suspect. C- fucking conflict of interest. Definitely conflict even of interest. Be there. <laughs> no, no one. None of these people should be there. Absolutely not. Oh my god. So they go in. They look around, and they were thinking that the thought is that there was some sort of gas explosion, and he was drinking and accidentally set his place on fire with the cigarette that was in his hand. Except, small problem, Ian Wexler doesn't smoke. smoke. Number two, there's no water in the kettle. So it's not like the, there there was like stove that was on. That supposedly, that's where the gas leak would have come from. But Booth points out that there's no water in the kettle. And if there's no water in the kettle, then... You would think that it's because the gas has been on long enough well, that the water could have water could have um, evaporated. Evaporated, he's like, yeah, no. Yeah. But no. he's like, but that that would mean that it would have had to be on. Yeah, exactly. So there's a For couple issues. There's a couple here. little clues, and then Brennan finds figures. She found some physical evidence on the remains yes, that proves yeah. that it wasn't an accident. Yeah. And then we have our opening Ian, credits. Ian Wexler was murdered. Did you realize that there's a new Law and Order Toronto? Toronto. <laughs> I know people are already watch. complaining about it. Of course you oh, will. Really? You watch all the bad stuff. <laughs> was, was it bad? Did it get a bad? I rating? don't know. I'm sure it's not like primo. Come on, nobody makes a good show here, do they? <laughs> Maybe. You Maybe. know what? Star Star Trek. What is it called? Strange New Worlds. That is Canadian, and it is the best Star Trek, in my opinion. It so. is made here. You're correct, and I haven't watched the. You know what? It's not on Crave anymore. And yeah, I, I don't noticed get that. The channel it's on. So I I went to watch it the other day. I was like, oh, Greg's gone for a week. I'll binge yeah. Strange New Worlds. I go to Crave. It's gone. I try to find it. It's on Paramount Plus, which costs thirteen dollars a month. I have to pay. What? I was like. Why do I have to pay more money? There's all these different platforms. It's like Netflix, Prime, no, but then Disney I Plus. Really it's like all mad. these things. I get so mad when, like, I just, like, now I have to buy another fucking channel? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Ugh. I already pay it's... for all these channels, so I'm never going to see it. Never. Yeah. See it. <laughs> That's so frustrating. Hopefully when it comes 
back out, like when they release the new season, then they'll just put it on a more regular platform that I already have. Fuck yeah, man. Hopefully. That sucks. Somebody buy it. Somebody put it somewhere I can get it, for God's sake. I hope so. It's very good, I didn't. I didn't get to see the, the, the season of Picard either. And yeah, I didn't watch any of it because I was like, that was pretty good too. What, the, what kind of licensing agreements do people have? Jesus. Ridiculous. Ones anyway. that make them a shit ton of money and make us pay like 15 bucks a month for so much money times like 10 for each of these. And now Prime, Prime is putting commercials on now. Yeah, I noticed that actually. Such a pain. They're pretty short, but still. Assholes. Okay. So okay. we what go we back got? to the weirdest scene ever. Back at the lab. Back at the lab. We're we're in Cam's autopsy room. And she appears to have called sweets to come join her in this autopsy room because she has a problem that she needs to discuss. And so she's like looking at this uh, operating, not operating, but dissecting this brain. Mm-hmm. And Sweets and her start chatting, and she tells Sweets that she slept with Beer and Bow. And Sweets is like, oh, shit. Why would you do that? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then starts to give her advice that she should be honest with Angela and upfront with her. Because it'll help her feel better about her guilt and anxiety that she's feeling about this. Yes. You're putting up your finger as if you have all caps things to say. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> I do. First of all, Sweets is really excited. She's dissecting a brain. He thinks it's really cool. And I'll admit it is. It is pretty cool. But he's been in medical school. So he would have had to do this already in medical Thank school. Thank you. It's not the first time. Very good. He's not he's seen the first a brain. brain. Exactly. No. <laughs> She wants to know from Sweets if she should be honest with Angela about the situation. Because she and Angela are friends. And she feels guilty. I ask you this, Brittany. I'm sorry. I just, this is very dramatic. I realize No, this. please. Please tell me. Are they friends? Really? No. Like, since when are they friends? When are when have when when were they friends? When are they friends? When have Cam and Angela ever been friends? Well, they're work friends. Also, Cam didn't even go to her divorce party. Instead of going to her divorce party, she went and boned the person they're celebrating the divorce from. I don't care if you get along with somebody at work. That's not the point. You don't. You're not. No, friends. that's a work friend. You're not friends. Work friend. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. This is an important distinction. Work friends are different than anyway, personal life friends. Sweets tells her to be honest with Angela and tell her because Angela's pretty open-minded. She'll probably take it okay. And then he asks if he can touch the brain with his hands. And he says the one thing that I thought was really funny in the whole world, and I want to make stickers that say this. He said, it's squishy. <laughs> <laughs> With his bare hands. Oh, yeah. Bare fingers. He went for it. He went for it. For sure. Also, she said only once, but he went like three times. So oh, he's he basically like himself. a toddler. He is like a toddler. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Um, Angela walks in to end this weird conversation. 
And she breaks the news to the Washington, D.C. team uh, that Ian Wexler has been killed. So they're going to stay for a little bit longer so that they can do an investigation there. And she's going to start sending all the crime scene photos, x-rays, etc. And using her beaming power, a.k.a. video link, um, to stay in communication with the lab. Which I guess they don't have anything else ongoing. No other important crime scenes to attend to in Washington, D.C. But that's fine. Anyway. Brittany. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I just saw this. There's so many things about this whole case that are so crazy. This episode is very cringe. Anyway. (gasps) Back in England. (laughs) Okay. Tell me about what happens. Okay. I'm going to talk about this. Please do. Because I'm just going to say, ask you, why is this happening? Why is this scene? Why is this happening? We have D.I. Pritchard standing in front of a bunch of students, apparently at Oxford University. Yes. Is this what we're talking about? And yes, the Oxford University. She's telling them they're not sure, but they might have found their teacher burnt up in his apartment. <laughs> they're pretty sure, but they're not sure. Why it's is so awkward? Happening? They're not even confirmed on the DNA. And have they told Ian Wexler's family that he's dead yet? Like they're just probably going not. To Oxford University. This would never happen. No. This would never. What is happening at Oxford? Wouldn't like the police talk to the dean or whoever's in charge there, and they would do some kind of public relations type of uh, press conference? Like it's absolutely insane. Regardless, Pritchard's broken up about this. Brennan steps in and finishes up the little speech by saying that she's pretty sure it's Wexler. <laughs> And that he was murdered. She tells a bunch of university students that they're, she's pretty sure their professor was murdered. Like, it's absolutely crazy. And then Pritchard, okay, so guys, we're going to need to talk to you. Like, she's being all like, no, 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 no. You get like a piece of paper that says come here at this time and we're going to question you about this like it's not like you know it's okay guys like stick around we're going to talk to you after this anyway i just i can't believe this is happening this whole auditorium full of kids thing and it's then pritchard takes the opportunity to try to put booth in his place for trying to help being like i'm the lead on this investigation back off booth i didn't i'm like whoa so much I, I don't know. She was that. just a mess. Like this whole situation would never happen. And Pritchard standing there like absolutely in shambles. Yeah. It's did you notice? So they kept kind of zooming in on this one student's face who we go on next to meet him. His name is Cyril. And yes, there's also another student, Vera, that Vera. is with them. Yes. Um, And so they have been working with him working with Ian Wexler on a dig. I we and met them in the last episode and did um, we? Oh, yeah, I think briefly. they were the 
the two kids that were there at the dig. And yeah. I called them Charles Dickens characters. Yes, and I you did. Continue, I continue to call them Charles Dickens characters throughout this episode. Did we know their names in the last episode? I perhaps, like, I think I can't remember. Ian says, Cyril, Vera, go on back to your work. Or, like, they, he shoves them away, like, pushes them away when they're in the middle of trying to help. Okay. They were looking at the, while Ian and Brennan were looking at the screen and like pictures or whatever, and the kids were like, hey, what's going on? Oh, that looks like blah, blah, blah. They were yeah, like, yeah. giving their I own opinion. I completely opinions. forgot. You don't remember? Yeah, you remember? I completely forgot that they were anyway. in the last episode. Anyway, These so two. okay, so they're part of the dig. And so they put, so they, they basically say, listen, we were with him the night before last and he was perfectly fine. He was just going out for a drink with his buddies. All was good. And then they start getting worried about how they're going to finish the dig. And they completely <sighs> forget about this guy being dead. And they basically just leave them. And they say, yeah, stick around in case we have questions. But good luck with your lives. Bye. Well, we're just going to mention, too, for anyone who's not following along, that this dig, quote-unquote dig, yeah, is something that's happening because there is a real estate de developer that wants this dig shut down because mm -hmm. they're interfering with him developing the land. Because they've been, Ian Wexler was told he had to go in and see if he could find any evidence of specific historical artifacts that would stop the development from happening. So there's this happening as well. It's kind of like a political thing. And, and that these developer, kids, mm -hmm. well, that developer happens to be the the father of the victim from the last episode too. Right. So that's all intertwined. Small They're world. Familiar characters. When the guys, they said his name was Cyril, this kid, the Charles Dickens guy. I was like, of course his name is Cyril. Like, whatever. <laughs> I just got to say too, the next scene. Brennan is in this cave lab. I don't know why she's in the, this so cave. Weird. Yeah. I'm sorry, but she's in this lab that's in the middle of like a dungeon. And I'm like, how do you get any work done in here that's so dark? Like you need. <laughs> how do you even, how does she even have Wi-Fi? Like okay. she's, she's, she's beaming with these people. <laughs> she's got a little camera that she's like can you imagine the horrible resolution of this camera feed all the way from england to washington in 2000 whatever oh my eight, god it would be eight, seven, you eight. would never be able to see anything on it it would be all like what what it would be like a you know in zoom when you it gets uh there's a delay anyway yes Ah, the technology is amazing. So she's got this camera. She's showing everybody at the lab, like moving it around the body. I just can't get over this shit that she's beaming x-rays to the lab and everyone's going to help her because the remains have to stay in England. And I'm like, I wrote down, like, is there no one else in England or Scotland or Wales or Ireland who can do this kind of work? Is there nowhere else in anywhere in Great Britain that that is not a dungeon dungeon for them to work in to do this yeah. murder investigation? It's all very odd because apparently very this strange. is isn't this supposed to be Wexler's lab? Why? Why is his she low, examining his, low his remains lab? in his lab? <laughs> Jesus, the whole, the whole thing is so weird. Oh my weird. god! 
so the x-rays that that she sent no why are you sorry these are all valid points (laughs) the x-rays that she had sent have started to um started to get to washington dc so clark is going through them and trying to make what he can from from the uh from the x-rays and no it's the same thing that brennan already noted that there was some damage to this guy's um forehead and so yeah there was some small thing that clark points out saying was there something on top of his uh femur and sure enough she finds this poker chip sorry i have to call <laughs> yeah so um she finds this poker chip and i'm like how did she not notice it before like it took clark to get a picture of an x-ray for her to find it but anyway um well the other thing he says i don't know if you're gonna say this i apologize if you are no no go on he thinks that the victim ian wexler suffered some bft blood force trauma that was inflicted by a ball peen hammer yeah I'm sorry, but did you, did that give it away for you? Kind of. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Just like I knew Cam was going to sleep with Grayson. I was like, from the beginning much? of the episode, I think it was only a couple scenes in. I was like, yeah, I know who did it. <laughs> obviously. It was pretty obvious, but that's okay. So obviously Angela takes this time to tell Brennan that she is now um, a divorced woman because Grayson signed the divorce papers. She could have texted her that. She could have called her at a time that wasn't work. But they're work friends. So that's how that works, I guess. Um, Anyway, so Brennan congratulates her and then Cam gets all weird and is like, oh, yeah, okay, hard to believe. We'll talk soon. Bye. Very weird. Um... But she notices on the most important takeaway, I guess, from this scene is that poker chip. She notices some right. markings on it. So she's able to to tell Booth that she found this and it can lead them to their next destination. Right. Two things. When Angela hops on that call and tells her about the divorce, I was really mad. I was like, read the room, Angela. Get yeah. over yourself. No one gives a shit. A, B. He, she finds this logo on the poker chip and it says like HGH or something like that. HGC. So she, yes. So she gets Booth on the case of the poker chip. Hopefully he doesn't relapse into his gambling ways. I know. God. That's what I, I was like, oh no. Oh no. Chip. Oh no. They go to England. Oh. This guy dies. He starts gambling again. What the hell? It's London's not a good place. Not it's a good not. place. <laughs> and he can't drive anywhere. And he can't drive anywhere. But at least he can go on a double-decker bus anywhere. That's pretty cool. Jesus Murphy. <laughs> so they end up at Highgate Gentlemen's Club, which is for gentlemen of London, not in the way that you would expect to uh, <laughs> find a gentleman's club in Toronto where you might see well, a Brennan, stripper or no, a pole. Yeah, exactly. Boo <laughs> thought it was a strip club. <laughs> because he's immediately, he's like, oh, was he with a woman? <laughs> um this uh, he seems uh, they they just call him man in the script in case you want to know nameless man nameless man, man. <laughs> nameless manager who's they can't even interview him inside the fucking club he's outside talking to them <laughs> on the street 
And normally, if this interaction happened in Washington, D.C., in Bones, this guy, man, we will call him, he would have told these guys to go away, that he has no information (laughs) for them. But instead, he's Uh. like, oh, let me tell you all about Ian Wexler. He paid off his tab. He um, owed a lot, so it was actually very impressive. Also, um, I took this video because (laughs) after he paid off 5,000 pounds, um, these guys, they came in and they uh, kidnapped him from my club. (laughs) And uh, I thought it might be important. I might be able to use it later. Also, look at these distinguishing tattoos on these uh, young gentlemen. So... The fact that Booth doesn't know that this isn't a strip club is ridiculous to me. I feel like they're making Booth out to be so stupid in these two episodes. Like, he's never had a cup of tea. He doesn't know how to drive. He doesn't understand words. Like, seriously. There's something later that, uh, oh, this is here. This is where he says it. Where he paid off his tab. Yeah, the 5,000 pound tab. um, the manager said that Ian Wexler was flush. Yeah. And Booth says he doesn't know what that means. He doesn't and understand like, oh, what flush uh, means. You know, uh, rolling in dough. He, like, what does he think it means? Dough. Like, flush in his face? I don't know what the fuck he thinks it means. <laughs> I don't know. What does There's that mean? There's no way. There's no way Booth doesn't know what that no. means. Not a chance. God. So... <laughs> This poor guy is just like, man, <laughs> if I thought they were going to kill him, I would have done something more than just taking this taking this video. And Booth's just like, don't worry, man. Don't beat yourself up. I'm sure that you're, you're just doing the best you can. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, it wow. was such a weird interaction. Oh, my God. We never see him again, by the way. Never see man again. No, he's uh, <laughs> he's gone. He's out of our lives now. Him and his wow. video that they don't even ask a copy of. They just look at it. They're like, oh, thank they, you. Exactly. Oh, my God. Thank you God. for this great video. So Boots hair is so red also. I just want to say. Yeah, I, I think it must be the lighting. Okay. Do you think he dyes it? I don't know what's going on with his hair. I'll be honest with you. It's very strange. I just want to talk about this situation because we're going to have a little discussion because we go back at the lab. Cam and Angela are walking and talking and Cam tells uh, Angela that Ian Wexler was really drunk. He had a lot of Merlot and scotch, but he had no drugs or nicotine in his system. And then they're walking onto the platform together and they each swipe their cards. I might have to ask you to look at the video at this point because Cam swipes her card like a crazy person. I'm going to show you what I mean. She took her card to swipe. The noise went off. She didn't put the magnetic strip through the thing. She just kind of went just with the corner and went like this and it went and let her onto the platform. No, I watched it five times in a row. Cause I was like, what are I need you to doing girl? She obviously was very concerned about reading, getting her lines off correctly and getting uh, to her, to her marks. But 
I was just like, why are you swiping your car like that? She's not even putting it through the machine. Anyway, they come onto the platform and Clark is there on the platform. And he, he tells Angela and Cam that Ian was a rower. He was a person who used to row and he suffered from a headbutt, a headbutt, uh, before he died. Then Cam asks Angela what she's up to. And Cam starts to walk away as in after Angela says, well, I have to do X, Y, and Z. Then Cam all of a sudden turns around and very casually says, by the way, I slept with your ex-husband, your husband slash ex-husband. And then Clark is like, no, thank you. I don't want to be here anymore. I wrote down Clark is abso-flabbo. He's absolutely flabbergasted abso flabo and starts to walk away and then cam begs him to stay because she wants a witness then cam explains to angela i'm sorry i feel really bad about this it happened at the end of the day angela says it's okay this is crazy it's crazy she says it's It's okay but the look on her face says it's not okay well no the way that the way that cam does this is crazy then Hodgins shows up. He's going, what's going on? And, oh, I slept with Grayson. Oh, really? Oh, okay. It doesn't matter. I love you. We're going to get married. I hate this whole thing. It's so dumb. Cam would never do this. She would She would be as cool as a fucking cucumber. I wouldn't say shit. You're she totally tell right. people she was sleeping with Booth. Yeah, True. I know. She, she didn't tell anyone she- when they were sleeping with Booth no and it's so obvious that brennan and booth have this like weird will they won't they have relationships you would think that would put her in a position where she'd be like well i don't even think that's it i think that cam was trying to keep it on the dl because obviously they work together blah 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 and they used to go out anyway it's a history who cares cam as the person that we know her from season two and three I don't think would ever behave like this. I think it's absolutely crazy. And I certainly wouldn't if I slept. Okay, here's a question. Here's your question. Here's your question. Okay. (sighs) What would you do if one of your friends slept with one of your exes? I wouldn't say Mark because you're like married for a long time, blah, blah, blah. I feel like I wouldn't care. I mean... Angela it met be Grayson weird. on a beach and married him within five minutes, and then they didn't see each other for like five years. Yeah. Why does she care? Why would anyone care? I don't know. Well, we go. We will go on to discuss this further. Obviously, in the obviously. weirdest scene in the very, ever in history, the very odd, strange scene that I don't understand. Who wrote this? Anyway. <laughs> All to say, Hodgins found some dirt in a plate that basically pinpoints Ian being at a rowing club within 24 hours of his death. So take very it away, helpful. my darling. It's yes. very helpful. So obviously they go straight to this rowing club and they have the most ridiculous interaction with the people who are obviously the people that kidnapped ah! Ian Wexler. <laughs> They're trying to talk to them. And Brennan and Booth are trying to talk to these guys and say, like, FBI, I have some questions. And this one rower is, these guys are rowers in case you didn't realize this. Um, I'm sure you did. So one of the rowers, he just keeps, like, ignoring him. 
Actually, they both kind of do. One of them at least stops a little bit. But then, then this guy keeps ignoring him and tries to walk away. And so Booth grabs his arm to stop him. And the guy turns around and butts Booth in the head. But then ultimately is like, oh, this was a this was a hard head. And so he falls over immediately. What? What happened? Kelly doesn't agree with my explanation of events. No, it's ridiculous. Who does this? Oh, it's First ridiculous. Do our rowers this rude? Like, I didn't know that rowers had a reputation of being really, really rude. And then the fact that this guy headbutts a known, like, FBI has identified agent. himself as an FBI agent. He's like, uh, I think you're looking for America. <laughs> like, um, okay. Anyway, so after rude. he headbutts him, then he goes on to kind of help a little bit unintentionally by pointing out to them that apparently Pritchard and Ian were sleeping together. Oops, that seems like an important point that Pritchard should have shared with them. There's a couple of things here. First of all, this guy is such a dick, honestly. Oh, he's the such a had, dick. He had butts Booth, but Booth is such a strong, strapping American that the guy who had butts him is the one that gets injured, which is hilarious. A, hilarious. B. We learn that, yes, Ian screwed everybody, including Pritchard. Yeah. But then we also learn, I'm sure you're going to get to it, but whatever. Go on. They they picked him up and dragged him out of the gentleman's club because he was drunk and he was supposed to go to a race. I'm really, really, really questioning this timeline right now because this guy, the headbutter, said that Ian Wexler slept in the boathouse. Yes. But how did he sleep at the boathouse? If we was supposed to sleep at his house and get burnt up and murdered. I think that was the night before last. So I think he died. This, this does go in line with what the... But he got drunk. He was drinking. He was... And he was had his talk screen showed that he was full of alcohol. That he was loaded. Oh, true. But so, maybe he was drunk again after the regatta? Because I think these are two separate days. I think that he rode in the morning... After sobering up with coffee. All right. And then he went on a drinking binge again and then was murdered. I'm not going to get bogged down. I'm just saying. It doesn't make sense because it would, the way it's implied is that all this stuff happened on the same day, which makes no sense whatsoever. It doesn't make any sense. And all this bullshit with the rowing club is a red herring. It's out of nowhere. Did this Ian Wexler guy strike you as someone who does physical activity like that intensely? Whitney, this is the other thing. I'm like, he he's like a this full is, blown like he's I said no one older no one and rows. racing. No, no one is rowing and racing at that age. And A no. B, or maybe they are. I don't know. But I'm like maybe. really like Ian Wexler was not an athletic man. No. <laughs> So anyway, apparently some other guy, (laughs) this guy who was part of the Queen's Guard, apparently he's the one who headbutted Ian Wexler. And it was not, in fact, the guy who just headbutted Booth. That was just a coincidence. Apparently this is something they just do in London instead of punching people. Just use your fists. 
Anyway, so this guy Jasper Ferry. So we go on to the the, the funniest oh my God. scene where Booth is. They go to um, question Jasper Ferry, who is a, a member of the Queen's Guard, who is standing guard outside of some Queen's Palace or whatever. And this guy, as he should, does not react at all whatsoever to Booth being there. Which is stupid. Booth, they should have just waited to question this guy until he was off duty. Anyway. So Pritchard comes and breaks up the party and says, like, I don't know why you're you're questioning this guy. Ian was boning his sister. That this this Jasper guy's sister. That's why he headbutted him. He he wasn't he didn't murder him. And um yeah, so we find out that Pritchard has been running her own parallel investigation at the same time. Uh-huh. Well, Booth and Brennan are running off doing their own thing, which is so odd and probably not realistic, but that's fine. So, but Booth really wants this Jasper guy to react. So he goes back over and is like, sorry about your sister, man. And then the scene just ends. And it's funny. But the guy doesn't, he doesn't break. He uh, he stuck to his guns and didn't even let out a smile, not even one. Yes, I know. Booth felt bad because the reason that he had butted. Uh, did you already say this that he hadn't butted in Ian Wexler because yeah. he was sleeping with his sister? <laughs> but okay, how many? How many people has this Ian Wexler that- guy slept with? Jeez, <laughs> oh my I just God. want you to know that the Henley Rowing Club actually exists. Oh. And it's forty a forty minute drive from Oxford University. Um, hmm. I'm looking at their. They do have racing. They have squads. They have sponsorship. I want to look at their kit, their their t-shirts and stuff. They have like rowing kits. Oh, we should get we should get matching Henley rowing blazers or something. Ooh. funny. Nice sweatshirt. Be fancy. Wouldn't that be funny if I sent that to you as a Christmas gift? <laughs> a Henley Rowing Club sweatshirt. Anyway, regardless, I just want to mention as well that London is over an hour and a half away from Oxford University. I just want to mention that as well. Okay. Oh, little, so that's quite a long drive for them to take. Just a little, just a little just fact. Go check in on Jasper. Yeah, yeah that's he's a bit a ridiculous. Queen's guard, like you said, so he would be outside Buckingham Palace, wouldn't he? I would think so. I think I would think he would be Buckingham Palace. Oh boy, oh boy. Unless okay. she was at Windsor Castle, but maybe that's even further. Okay, Where are we back at the lab? So we're back at the lab, and Cam goes up to Sweets and is like, "Sweets, you're amazing. You gave oh excellent advice. It's." It's always hard to take you seriously because, you know, you're so little and so young. But I took your advice and I guess that this is really helpful. So thank you. This is great. And then and like three seconds later, Angela and Hodgins walk up and they're like giving her shit for just trying to do her job. Hodgins is like, you know, we've been doing an excellent job around here before you showed up. So regulate yourself. Okay. Okay. First of all, this is his boss. 
really good line that I think we should get turned into a sticker or something. Regulate regulate yourself. yourself. (laughs) I just thought it was really funny the way she goes. She's all like excited because her she took Sweets' advice, told Angela the truth. She feels unburdened. She goes up to Hodgins and Angela, who are di- diligently working at a desk together. Why? I don't think they do two totally different jobs, but They whatever. can do sex and work at the same time. And they're so mad at Cam. It's so and weird. They, they walk away, and Sweets says, states the obvious again, and saying that there's obviously some unresolved issues they have so much attitude. And can I just say, wouldn't a normal, mature person say, hey, Angela, do you want to go for coffee today? Let's go up for coffee. I want to talk to you. So you go for coffee, you have lunch together, and you talk about, you know, things, and you say, I, I have to tell you something. I'm a li- I feel very guilty. I feel bad. Like, wouldn't you just have a normal, it if they were different. actually friends, wouldn't you do yeah. that with your friend and say, listen, I have to confess something? In a private of- setting? Blurting it out like in the middle of work and she's on the spot and she has no way to know how to react in this ridiculous. Uh, It's ridiculous. Well, fortunately, we don't have to deal with them for a whole other couple scenes. Because we're back in England, as you said. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're at this cafe apparently right beside the thames with um this is so fancy where i wrote where i found out how far oxford was from <laughs> i was like what the hell they were just at henley and now they're in london they're what jumping the hell? around driving all over the and my, my question is i'm sorry Brittany, but i'm no, so incensed they're having this thing they're talking at this having coffee or tea together i'm like didn't they just drive together for an hour and a half like wouldn't they have talked about this on the way here yeah probably Jesus. Like, hey, um we just wanted to mention uh when were you going to tell us that you were sleeping with uh ian wexler just a uh, quick mm. question and then she starts acting like all holier than thou, like, oh, give me a break. Who wouldn't want to sleep with him? It like it doesn't have any impact on my ability to act as a a lead on this investigation. That's so ridiculous. I just he was all well practiced and he was very good in bed. So I didn't really care about having him to myself. I just wanted to be able to bone him whenever I wanted. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was a weird conversation. And so, fortunately, Brennan gets a phone call, and just, they have found before something. We get to the, yes, before you get to the phone call, we learn in this conversation lots of things. Importantly, two important things: Ian Wexler slept with his students. We learned that. Yep. And that Booth is drinking out of a juice box. I didn't even notice. Oh my God. <laughs> I need to go back. I did not write that down. <laughs> oh my God. So now funny. I need to look. I'm looking. You have to. It's so well, funny. They get a phone call. What happens? They get a, on the He phone. totally is. <laughs> He's drinking some orange juice. Also, so, did I already talk about Brennan's awful sunglasses? <laughs> Every episode. Right? Her sunglasses are always terrible, and his are equally uh, terrible. Oh, stop I don't know if it! Was it. the He's time awesome. or what? 
No, no. he his are fine. Oh, his are always terrible too. So Clark, <laughs> who is the only person working back at the lab, because otherwise they're all sexually frustrated and back at the having lab. issues. Yeah. Um, Clark has discovered that the cause of death is that uh Ian Wexler was stabbed to death. There's this huge stab wound um that would have pierced the lung and the heart so many stab wounds he's stabbed so many times this is not good not good very bad so they ask pritchard point blank did you find a weapon at ian's apartment that could have you been used to stab him yeah and uh she's like no and i was there the whole time like i i i would have seen (laughs) and they're like okay Interesting. Why are you on this case? <laughs> so yeah, you she are goes, now. Why do you think I killed him? And Brennan's like, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. killed him. Wouldn't you anyway. also think that as a as an investigator? Like this is not a jump. It's not a reach. <sighs> yeah. So then they do this weird thing where Booth goes and gets the car. Bless him. Oh my God. Will he ever find Brennan? What a and gentleman. Brennan. Brennan. <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna pick her up in a bicycle <laughs> by bicycle or something in in yeah. three hours, so mm. they um so Brennan follows Pritchard to her car, and they have this very weird conversation. First of all, Pritchard so thought just assumed that she slept with Ian Wexler because apparently he was the god of sex and it was just something she should have done, and she she equates having yeah. sex with him to climbing like, mount come everest on, man. Come i'm on. like jesus like calm down um well no it's because she said everybody's done it but there's still an allure like you still yes. want to do it because it's still amazing okay yes it's it's a rational thing but it's still ridiculous <laughs> so so then pritchard and is I'm like say no one is that good at sex i'm just gonna say no. this right now especially a pasty white british boy he's athletic though (laughs) i don't know man he seems like he'd be like so selfish oh yeah anyway so he yeah that's true um so then pritchard says what we're all thinking that she thought that booth and brennan were were a thing that they might be hooking up yeah and because she says that the only reason she didn't sleep with wexler is because of booth but then has to yeah. go on to clarify that Booth had given her advice because it would just be another notch in Ian's bedpost, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Pritchard is adamant that she didn't tell them about the fact that they were sleeping together because she just didn't want to be taken off the case. Because if she was taken right. off the case, then she felt like she wouldn't be doing all that she could to help right. find his killer. Mm-hmm. But... I still think it's weird and I still think probably Pritchard shouldn't be on the case, but we kind of just after all this sex talk and whatever talk, then it kind of gets dismissed that she is a possible suspect, which is weird, Mm -hmm. but she's found, she has this writ of release on one of the Frampton's uh, building sites, which shows that Ian Wexler had signed off that the site has no historical importance whatsoever. And it was, it was signed the day the day before like immediately before he was killed he died. yeah so 
that puts them back on Frampton, thinking, okay, maybe Frampton is the one who the developer killed yeah. him, like coerced yeah. him to sign this for him, and then and then yeah. killed him. Mm-hmm. But which is a good point. Also, a good point is they just had a whole lunch with Booth and Brennan, and she had this in her purse the whole time, and she chooses now that right before was weird, so weird. I don't understand. Pritchard in that one scene was off. Like, I felt like that wasn't consistent with, like, what her character has been this whole time. I wonder if it was meant to throw us off the scent of who the killer was. Well, I just couldn't tell if Booth and Pritchard were antagonistic or if they were getting along. It was like it went through the whole gamut of, like, uh, interrelation. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, their dynamic changed. The dynamic was very Pritchard odd. Was, Pritchard was mad because she was being accused of killing Ian and then she got sad and then she was talking about sex and then she's talking about evidence and I was just like, okay, can we be consistent here? Like there's no consistency with the character. She's a mourning lady. <laughs> and so because she's mourning, yeah. she's all over the place. And I, and I really agreed with you in my notes. I said, Pritchard should not be on this case at all. And yeah. this would never happen. No, it would never happen. But right before Pritchard takes off, what does she say to Brennan? What does she say to Brennan? She says, you should never give up your chance to climb Everest. Yes. And Which, Brennan's is like, that her being like, go for, go for Booth. Of course she is. That's exactly what she's saying. Go for Booth. Because Brennan doesn't get it at first. She's like, well, Ian's dead. So I can't fuck him. Well, so obviously then she has... I can't. And Brennan does his face like, Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> like uh, Booth? I'm not. Ugh. I'm not. <laughs> no. Meanwhile, Booth is like, I love you. Booth wants to get it in her soul bad. Oh, yeah, definitely. Ew. But also, yes. <laughs> hey. Um, David. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Not, oh, my God. Okay. So, we go to see the developer, Brampton. And I'm just going to cut to the chase. He's yeah. like, are you seriously here accusing me of murder immediately after solving the sadistic murder of my daughter? Did you Do you really think that I would go, oh, this murder seemed like a great inspiration to go and try this for myself. So anyway, yeah. he's he says that he has nothing for them except that he does point out mm-hmm. that um, there's this this group called Sav- Saviors of Antiquity, which yeah. is some radical preservationist group um, yeah. that was that was threatening him um, for trying to build on that site. So. He says, why don't you go and look at those people? And they just take his word for it. They're like, oh, yeah, your daughter was murdered. Sorry we came by. Whatever. He's acting like the classic American capitalist. I know that it's a cartoon character at this point. He's just being like, I don't like history. I'm going to develop. I'm a millionaire. Like, it's just all like, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm just trying to improve the city. (laughs) I love that they shot all these episodes and like, he probably did that in like, one take probably one, oh, there's a lot of short scenes like there's 30, 30 yeah. scenes overall but they're all very short but hey man he got paid man he got paid regardless yeah good for him but what do we have we have back at the lab oh, we have Hodgins. 
He's on the phone with Brennan talking particulates. Brennan's confused. What Hodgins is doing calling what is Hodgins doing calling her and not Cam? Hodgins says he's a big boy. He doesn't need to be managed. I'm just gonna say this right now that anyone who says that they don't need to be managed needs to be managed. Needs to be managed. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Hodgins basically at- <laughs> Hodges basically asks for more dirt and shit. And Brennan tells them that the Scotland Yard needs to get the request from Cam directly. Anyway, my question is, how are these particulates being transported? Are they being flown in by FedEx? And it made me think of that movie with Tom Hanks where he's lost on the island. What's that called? Castaway. I was like, oh my God. Could you, this is a very expensive investigation. I'm just going to say this right now. If they're flying pieces of dirt back uh, and forth to America from England to look on the microscope, like, are you kidding me? I think that during this episode, they had a crossover with Star Trek and they were just uh, (laughs) using the transporter. (laughs) Are they using the the mushroom transporter? (laughs) That'd be very useful. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Hodgins just leaves it like, okay, I'll have my all powerful leader send the request. Like, why is he upset? What? Why is he upset? Wouldn't he be happy that now Cam has ruined this for angela that i don't care like this investigation no. is costing millions of dollars Brittany. it's costing it's so, so much money ah! okay Which it's costing a lot Hodgins of money should and, be concerned about and it's being run by children because oh yeah God. he should because he's paying for it exactly um, <laughs> now they're back in sweet's office which is weird because yeah now he's at the fbi he's at the fbi but before when cam needed him then he just came to the lab yep. so yep. i don't know why they're doing this mediation back at the fbi headquarters but that's fine so angela hodgins cam they're all there mm-hmm. they're standing in a line and they're acting like four-year-olds who have just gotten in trouble and being and the, they're being told by sweets how they feel but basically it's like you said like kids where they you say okay say you're sorry say yeah literally you're sorry say you're so-. so they like listen they're there because angela and hodgins are only there because they said that cam threatened their jobs and i was like are you kidding me hodgins practically owns the place hodgins says to sweets that he wants sweets to tell cam to stop being so bossy and then cam says i'm your boss like she has to be bossy anyway it's absolutely crazy so i just want to say here before they do their stupid apologies because they're very dumb we can just skip past the apologies go on (laughs) but cam can have sex with whoever the hell she wants yes she is an adult consenting adult woman she can do whatever the hell she wants with whoever she wants angela makes some snide comment at cam they all eventually apologize cam says i apologize for sleeping with people angela says i'm sorry for you know getting mad at you even though i gave you permission to say you could sleep with people and then hodgins says he's sorry for being so cranky and i like you said ridiculous it's it's so dumb this whole thing is so dumb 
it's literally like four-year-olds because they're like they're apologizing Uh, they have to apologize but they don't mean their apology they're not actually sorry they're like i'm sorry for being my like being who i am i'm I'm sorry sorry you feel that way i'm sorry sorry you feel that i hurt you you thought that i did that (laughs) but you're sorry I'm sorry that you got yourself into this situation. <laughs> I'm sorry that you were being so bossy. I'm sorry so, that you don't understand what I'm talking about. Because you're dumb. And I'm sorry for calling you dumb. So anyway, it's just like ridiculous. They shouldn't. Sweets sucks at his job. <laughs> if this is how he handles mediation. So anyway, yeah. So and he started it by telling her to just go talk to her immediately, which she the uh, the advice was good. She should have told her, but like you said, a different setting would have been good. So now we go talk to uh, the two Charles Dickens characters, as you put them, Vera and Cyril. And Vera and Cyril both claim that they have no idea. They had no idea that Ian had signed off that there was no um value to the place that there was no historical value is they've been digging for two years and although they hadn't find anything found anything they felt pretty good that they were going to find something because there was some bronze age find only 600 meters away so they felt pretty good then pritchard shows up and is like hey since we're running these parallel investigations and not sharing anything with each other until we meet in person <laughs> randomly, um, look at what is great information I found from my forensic accountant. Oh who, my um, God. We found out that he was uh, paid off by Frampton, 25,000 um, pounds, to sign off on that page. 25,000 pounds, that's nothing. And this guy... No. She points out that he was a piss broke forensic anthropologist. There's and this is answer. when this is when I said, How yep. much does Brennan make when she's not just <laughs> writing books? Because she's doing pretty well. So oh my God. Anyway, both Vera and Cyril, who shouldn't be privy to this information, obviously are hearing this whole this whole uh conversation happening. But I just, Vera and Cyril, they just can't believe that that he signed off that there was nothing on the site because he just, they just really thought that he wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. So it's just a very interesting situation. They only have a couple days to vacate the dig. So we will find out if we find out more. We will find out if there is more to be found out about this dig. So we're back at the lab with Hodgins and Clark having a moment and actually working yes two things i'm just gonna go back a little bit brennan is wearing those terrible sunglasses again um really bad sunglasses and this is where i found out why we found out why uh, he lived in squalor, basically. Yeah. I know Ian Wexler. And I, I was going to throw this at you, and you're probably not going to know this movie, and Mark might not, not even know it. But it's a movie called <clears throat> With Nail and I. How do you, With Nail? W I T H N A I L. With Nail and I. Okay. Anyway, Richard E. Grant, who's currently very famous right now for being in Saltburn, um, 
Anyway, they play these two poor, disgusting, impoverished, deadbeat London art artist guys, or they think they're artists, you know. And uh, anyway, it's just quite something. I can absolutely verify yes. with um, absolute certainty that I have never in my life seen this. <laughs> <laughs> I love, well, Richard E. Grant, like I said, he's very famous right now for, for Saltburn. Yeah. But I love, Richard E. Grant has been around a long time. He's been in so many movies and, you know, he's in movies like things you've never heard of, like with Nail and I and The Merry War. And he was in a really amazing, famous movie called How to Get Ahead in Advertising. Okay. Where he plays like this advertising executive that this, um, his sort of alter ego manifests itself through a boil on his shoulder. It's a boil. Hmm. And the boil talks to him. It's like his uh, kind of his alter ego that hates his job and hates the like what he does for a living and stuff. Anyway, it's quite quite funny. That'd be funny. And... You know that he was also in a cinematic masterpiece in 1997, right? Which, Which one's is that? where I know him from, Kelly. Yes, was that? You may not have heard of this movie. It's uh, yes, it's a masterpiece. Spi- though. It's called Spice World. <laughs> He is the Spice Girls manager. That's <laughs> so funny. No, as soon as I, I never... saw who it was, I was like, "This is oh, the Spice World." <laughs> I've never seen that. No, that's so. I told funny. you, it's a cinematic masterpiece. You gotta, oh you gotta my watch. God. <laughs> oh, I love that movie when I was younger. I was uh, like obsessed with that movie. I guess I would have been seven when it came out. Wow. If you want to be my lover. Then they do all the dancing. They have a bus. <laughs> Gotta get with my friends. Anyway. So he's a very famous actor known for lots of incredible work. Yeah. Well, Including, but not limited to Spice World. And so. with Nell and I. <laughs> anyway, and sorry. I, I no, had to do sorry? that because I was thinking of Ian Wexler living in squalor like with Nil and I in his little bachelor apartment. Anyway. <laughs> but then he breaks, but then he finds his big break as the manager of the Spice Girls. Okay. So everything is fine. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell you what happens to him and with Nil. No, and please I, don't. So. It's going to be depressing. I, those terrible sunglasses that Brennan is wearing. I just want to say England is not that sunny. I'm sorry. <clears throat> No, it's very cloudy and kind of rainy. Yeah. So Hodgins and Clark are actually doing a little bit of work, so we should commend them for that. Uh, but Hodgins keeps pointing out that he found that he found it wasn't just in the scene. He mentioned it before to Brennan as well, that he found traces of mercury fulminate, which is going to be important. So he, they think that it was on the weapon when he was stabbed based on where they're finding this mercury felt yeah. fulminate on the body so they right. they have different theories about where how it's used and where it's from there's lots of them tanneries manufacture of explosives etc cetera, etc cetera. so they have this information but they don't really know how to use it yet so they're gonna communicate it which they already did to brennan and uh see where it takes us 
All right. It takes so us next to we London. Have Back in England, we have Booth and Brennan. They're having a pint at the pub. And this pub is hopping. It's full. It must be like right after work. Everybody's having a little drinky drink. Pritchard ends up joining them at the pub. <clears throat> Booth tells her that she he wants to be knighted. And basically, Pritchard thinks that Booth is drunk, that he's had more than one pint. Apparently, they find out uh, after... Pritchard shows them some paperwork that one of those, uh, what's the name of the activist group? It's called the You're Muted, Darling. Uh, something of Antiquities. Savior, saviors of Antiquity. Right. So apparently this fat, this activist group called Saviors of Antiquities used uh, explosives or something to light one of Frampton's developments on fire. It's very convoluted Extremely and weird. convoluted. It doesn't matter because they blew up a site that we, he was trying to develop pretty recently. Two members of this uh, antiquities activist group were charged. Only one of them was let go, and that person's name was Cyril. Cyril. Our, one of our Charles Dickens characters was uh, a suspect in this uh, particular uh, vandalism thing. So Booth thinks that Cyril would have been really mad about uh, Wexler taking the money and signing off on this dig site so that Frampton could then develop the land. Anyway, yeah. we find out in this moment that the other Charles Dickens character, which we know this already, was Vera. This is when I found out her name was Vera. Okay. Because we have a scene with them just walking around talking together and chatting about how it's chatting. they're shutting down the site they're crying they're very upset because the dig site's being shut down and then uh, they get are they confronted at this point by booth and Brennan? yeah booth brennan yeah. and pritchard and yeah. vera they're trying to divide and conquer they want brennan to talk to vera yeah. um in the lab in wexler's lab and then they want Pritchard, or sorry, they want uh, Cyril to talk to Pritchard and, and Booth. And right. so they're like, oh, you got to tell us about this? And they have this picture of his mugshot. He's like, man, like, I just joined that group because I wanted to get with women. Why are you trying <laughs> to... I'm not in that group anymore. I went and saw my mom. That's where I was. I was in Wales. Was in, I was in a whole other place. And I, I had eating eel. eel. He was Ugh. eating eel. Gross. And, uh, it's his favorite dish. Vera never goes to the lab to talk to Brennan. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Because this is a very quick conversation. And she's like, no, he quit the savior so long ago. Why are you why are you even questioning him? She starts standing up for him. But yeah. yeah, I don't think he did it. So I think we can rule him out. We're good. Um, But now we're back in this dungeon of Wexer's lab, which Booth points out is like a dungeon. <laughs> because Booth goes down there. Okay, question. Is yes. this the same day that they were at the pub and he's drinking all the beer? I'm pretty sure. Which is so he walks, totally Yeah. He's he's loaded while he's working. He's that being seems very good. silly. Because he walks into being, the lab and he's like, Oh he's acting like I'm Frankenstein. Imagine all the Frankensteins. And of course, fucking Brennan apparent you know, actually, it's always a nerd that says, Actually, actually, actually it wasn't Frank. 
Frankenstein was the doctor. It wasn't the monster. Anyway. Or like Wayne's favorite show, Magic School Bus, Dorothy Ann always says. Yes. According to my research. (laughs) Same fucking thing. According to my research. (laughs) Dorothy can fuck off. She's no fun. Whatever, DA. Pill. Uh, Brennan has this look on her face that Booth recognizes as like kind of an aha, like I figured it out kind of moment. And then Pritchard's like, oh my God, Wexler got the same look on his face when he found shit out. So she found this extra bone, like Clark actually found it, but he pointed it out and she pulled it aside. And she thinks that this bone, this extra bone they found near the body was actually used to kill him and stab Ian Wexler with. Yeah, And then she tells Booth and uh, Pritchard that this bone is not just any bone. It's a really, really, really old bone. How old? Like like 2,000? 2,000 years old. That's crazy, man. That's insane. I hope one day that somebody has my 2,000-year-old bones. I still want to be that mummy, I'm telling you. Same. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Money I'm just in a case. I wrote here. Isn't yes. there someone other than Brennan working on this case in London as well? Listen, she's in a dungeon. It's dark. She's alone. Apparently, this guy Ian Wexler was so popular, and all of his students had sex with them. And like, I don't understand. He's part of a rowing club. He's part of a, a gentleman's club. And I'm like, why? Yeah. I have so many issues with this, this situation, but I need to confirm because he's finding this because he just reconstructed the skeleton, but he's getting casts of the bone, which take time to transport. But she's had the actual skeleton this whole time. Isn't like the first thing that you would do. Wouldn't it be to try to put the skeleton together? So did she already have the skeleton together? And wouldn't she have realized that there was an extra bone? This like, is like there's so a while this is ago? like that case where she just noticed the breast implant. Oh my so god. That... <laughs> well, it's the skeleton, it is. It's laid out. Like she put it together. Oh boy. And she didn't realize there was an extra bone. This is supposed to be the leading world's leading anthropologists well she also just found breast implants all of a sudden and that one woman the woman at the airport true. remember her true anyway okay so another reason why clark is king of the lab because he's the only capable person in this entire <sighs> entire episode okay do you think we hit off everything uh, in that scene i think so we have an yeah, old bone yeah, 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 that yeah. must be the murder weapon old bone and Boo thinks that the killer was the kill. The murder was done out of panic because and rage and rage that there was no active symbolism. Brittany. Yes. I'm just going to say this. I wrote this is what I wrote in my notes. Ready for I this? No. <clears throat> yes, I'm ready. Next comma. We have Angela and Hodgins. At oh, the God. Diner. And I'm going to let Brittany take this away. Because it's stupid. It's stupid. I thought that you <laughs> thought you would want to talk about it. Because don't you worry, I'm going to talk to you. I have questions. Okay, everyone. As Kelly had been hoping since the beginning of time, <laughs> let me just cut to the chase. 
Yes. Angela and Hodgins break up, and it's the most awkward situation I have ever witnessed in my whole life. Yeah. I could barely watch the, the scene. They're having this, this conversation. They sit down at the Royal Diner, and they start to digest or decompress, or they start to go through all the little things that have happened. Point one, Angela is upset that Cam slept with that's that cam slept with uh grayson with uh beer and bow right and hodgins can't understand why it bothers her they're divorced they barely knew each other why is this mm. something that is upsetting her and she thinks that he doesn't trust her and that if he trusted her then he would understand why she feels the way she does and how can two people who don't trust each other get married how can they, Hodgins? And then she just... Hodgins? No, no. She says Hodgins doesn't trust her because he's upset that Grayson's still in town. Yes. That's why he doesn't trust her. That's that's what she's accusing him of. Mm. And she's and he's going, well, why do you even care that that he exists, basically? And then she's like, you know what? If, pe- if two people... They they talk about this thing in like third person. If two people can't trust each other, then they probably just shouldn't be together at all. And then he's like, "What? You really think that?" And then she's like, "Okay, yeah, I'm leaving." He's like, "Uh, okay, I guess so." Oh, listen, <laughs> this is the this is okay. He seems so confused. And he's like, I don't know what's happening right now. And she's like, Angela well, is the problem here. Oh, Angela's 100%. the problem. And oh, this whole thing me. where it's like, you don't trust me. You don't trust me. You don't trust well, me. Yeah, you, you made me. out with him and when then, he walked back in the room. And then she's like, I'm leaving. And he says, well, you're the one that's leaving. And she's like, well, you're not. You're the one that is stopping me. me. You're not like, stopping what me. What is happening right now? It's like, I'm answering the phone. He's like, well, I'm not gonna answer the phone like it's just like a very dumb like it's i'm so leaving weird. it's like you're the one that's leaving she's like you're not stopping me it's like they're it's so i that is co- codependent behavior i'm just yes. gonna say this right now oh yeah expecting the other person to figure out what the other person beg is thinking for you a, to beg stay. for you to stay do all this stuff chase them around yeah. i'm like are you this is the worst communication and how long has this been going on Seriously. I think I honestly think Hodgins was a completely shocked at what was happening and like too shocked to properly react and two not taking her seriously and being like okay you just need space let's are we gonna find out okay are we gonna find out that Angela was like just freaked out because she just got a divorce and then she's going to marry this guy. But the last time she's supposed to get married, it was like kind of on a whim. And, you know, then she was probably relieved maybe that they didn't get married. And then she was kind of getting used to not being married to Hodgins. And now she's got to get married to him. She's just kind of freaking out about it. Is that I what we're going to find out? I don't know, but that's kind of my read. Of I know she's going to have an appointment with Sweets, and Sweets is going to talk to her about her fears, and she's going to be like, <gasps> "It's going to be one of those things, isn't it?" This is so dumb. This no, breakup is to, so I'm dumb. It up. 
Don't look. Don't spoil it. You look it up, and oh, I'll go God. back in England. Okay. Oh, oh that God, spoiler what? was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does Hodgins get in trouble, or something happened to him that she has to save him, and then so she gets back together with him? My lips are sealed. <laughs> you're funny okay let's get this done yeah we're almost there booth and brennan are at the dig site brennan points out a whole area they're looking around they're like oh look at this look at this there used to be something here there used to be oh what's this area there's a site this is part of the dig site that's all covered up and there's uh skids all over it there's like uh tarps and everything anyway regardless they point out this area it's full of bronze age shit in the ground and pretty much maybe i'll get you to explain this but at the end of the day vera one of our charles dickens characters pretty much confesses immediately that she stabbed ian to death well after brennan trips her (laughs) so she doesn't get away and then booth can handcuff her but why did why did vera kill ian i don't get it because it would ruin her reputation that she was associated with a site that Wexler had signed off that there was nothing, but when there actually was something, then it would come out that he took this bribe because he was trying to give back the money to what try does that have to... to do with her. It makes no sense. It just seems like she was upset because he she was upset because it would ruin her reputation and it would ruin, like, she wouldn't be able to publish anything on the dig, probably. It doesn't make any sense. Even though she's worked like, there for two years. It's it a PhD crazy person thing. Is it? Would your sister, so. like, be able to relate to something like this? She has worked with people that are, like, a little cray-cray. Like, like the sisters, yes. Yeah. I get it. So, yeah. So, basically. But, the original but, but makes, lab rats. The original the, lab the OG. rats. It just Jess's doesn't. Place. It just doesn't make sense to me because no. if she kills him, then what did she think was going to happen with the dig? What do you, What is she doing? Like it doesn't make any sense. And no. honestly, it's brutal. Do you know if you stab somebody one time? Not that I've done it. Let's make it clear, okay? <laughs> but imagine that act of like the decision to kill the guy. And then she does it again and again and again and again and yeah, again. Which and is like psychotic. Puts him in his bed, puts a cigarette in his hand, lights and his gas the bone. On, and leaves the bone. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Like no. it's like very calculated and fucked up. Yeah. Regardless. And then Pritchard, because she has Stockholm syndrome or something, is like, wow, that's uh, so that's so Ian. That's my Ian. He's so noble. That he was happy to accept a bribe if he thought that there was nothing there. But once he found that there was something there, then then he really wanted to return the money because he's so, he's just an upstanding uh, citizen. You think she world. was being nice? I thought she was being like, she was like, fucking Ian, of course he did that. I thought that's how she was saying it. No. I, well, I did, okay. Maybe that I is how it was. I disagree with you because I think she was like annoyed. She was annoyed. She was like, typical Ian. Takes the money, and then as soon as he finds out it's like a Bronze Age thing, he's like, oh, I'm going to be a good guy and return the money. It's like, whatever. 
that's probably how I should have interpreted it, but <laughs> it's not how I did. I was just All like, right. okay, this lady is obsessed with him. <laughs> All right, so we got our man. We got our man. We got Makes our sense. man. And now Angela is trying to Back call Brennan, as she should, outside of work hours. Although I think she actually is at the lab. So anyway, um, yeah, and she leaves this room. voicemail. Yeah, she's in the, the bone room. She leaves a voicemail for Brennan saying like, hey, Hodgins and I broke up. Like, can we chat? I, I really need to chat with you. Yeah. And then Grayson is there suddenly. Willy like, nilly. Where is this guy coming from? And who told him that they broke up? Walking Are they Facebook freely. friends? And now Walking. she's changed her status to single? Walking like, around how, the he's lab. Like, he's like, I heard you broke up I with heard a small, you angry broke man. Up. I heard you broke up with the small, angry man. Where'd you hear that? <laughs> exactly. How does he even know? And then he's like, so before I leave, I just wanted to ask you one more time. She's like, fuck off, buddy. I'm nobody's. Like, go away. And then Clark is like, okay, Cam. She comes in. No, he asks Angela. Grayson says, would you want to give me a lift to the airport? Cam Cam is like, oh, that's a code, eh? (laughs) Oh, that's your line. That's how you get girls to do this. That's it. And then have a ticket to go to Fiji at all. And Clark is like, you know what, Cam? Here's my lab coat, my ID, my keys. Just take it all. I'm not, I don't want to work here anymore. And um, yeah, I'll, you know what? I'll drive to the airport, Grayson. And he's just like, it's been interesting working here, but I'm a man of science and there's just too much drama going on here. <laughs> so he, so he goes Clark and he drives, quits. He, he quits and drives Grayson to the airport. And like, I don't know, maybe maybe something will happen to them too. I don't know. Clark maybe is like as crazy said. as everyone else. When he does this, he is as he's proving that he is as crazy as everyone else because he quit. <laughs> does he do this a lot? Can you tell me that? Does he just keep quitting? He and doesn't. Back? He, no, he doesn't. But he does come back. <laughs> that would be funny if that was something he did all the time. Like, okay, bye. <laughs> I wonder. You know what? I'm sick of this. I wonder, I'm going to look up when we're going to see him next. Sorry for the spoiler, everyone, but he becomes one of my favorite characters, so. He's um, here the whole time. Oh, all you looking oh, he's that awesome. Up back in England. Yes. This is weird. Booth and Brennan are having tea in this sort of library that's supposed to be their hotel lobby. It's basically like a huge, huge room with long tables and chairs. Pritchard shows up and gives a booth a fake knighthood by you know putting the some kind of piece of cutlery on his shoulders and then she gives him a fake sort of kid's medal to put around his neck and uh it's very sweet they're saying goodbye pritchard offers booth a ride to the airport which is like okay is this a thing that i never knew about the whole ride to the airport thing because I never got on the ride to the airport train, I guess. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. I, th- I think that this is like, just a, this just is a just thing. a bones thing. <laughs> so then Booth says, you know, come on, you know, if you come to the States, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, and then Pritchard walks away. Brennan starts teasing Booth about how much Pritchard likes him. <laughs> anyway, they walk out of the room 
together. They're kind of arm in arm. They're cracking jokes with each other and they're on their way back home. And it's very cute. Very cute. It is really cute. All right, let's do this. What'd you think? I, as stupid and silly as this episode was, I did like it. Like it it had good entertainment value. Of course. But but I was still like, what is happening? (laughs) What is happening? Flabo. Abso flabo is my saying of the day. Absolutely flabbergasted at some of these situations. Some of this like legal things that are, would never happen in a million years um crazy like it though dark dungeon labs did you like the episode not as much as the last one i'll say that i felt like cam's character was highly disserviced i think pritchard's character was highly disserviced as well i thought she was you know the first episode she was far more um much stronger character in the last episode you know yeah but other than that entertaining blah 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 right always fun but i felt like i don't know it's just weird like this guy gets lit on stabbed and lit on fire why are they even doing this case like it doesn't make any sense he comes back in episode nine of this season (laughs) Oh, that's so far. That is far. Oh no! I'm actually kind of sad he came about back that. The next day, that's too bad. Clark, don't be such a prude. Speaking Come of Clark, back. we already know. We already know he's your king. Who's your rat? Who's my rat? My rat yeah. is probably Angela for being insane. Wow! <laughs> like, what is she doing? I don't understand her behavior at all in this episode. You, you're not stopping me. You're the one leaving. Like, yeah, you're, you're leaving. Not stopping what you me. What do you want? You okay, how about me. you? Who are your people? You're not stopping me. You're not stopping me. Like, okay. Angela, why do you need so much attention, Angela? Jesus. She would say, Cause sweetie. Her, <laughs> it's because her father was in ZZ Top and he was never home and she never got yeah. any attention. So she's desperate. She's desperate. So she wants Hodgins to chase her around. Exactly. Oh, I don't know. I had a hard time with this. The king, especially. I'm going to do something really unorthodox. Okay. Okay. You are going to have a conniption fit when I say this. And Hodgins only is your be- king. It's only because it's very slim pickings and it's because of, he said a really funny thing. <laughs> it's definitely Hodgins. It's Hodgins. I'm like crazy. Of course it is. <laughs> he said, regulate yourself. <laughs> I'm going to use that at work. Like if, if anyone's getting like intense and we be like, regulate yourself. Regulate yourself. Bitch. Regulate yourself. <laughs> uh, my king, or to Wayne, maybe is hard. If he's having a hard time, regulate yourself. Regulate yourself, friend. It's sort Sorry. of another way of saying simmer down. It's interesting. Oh yeah. Okay. I so like Hodgins is your king. I like the way he said it. I thought it was funny. <laughs> also, Booth says simmer down in this show. Uh, in this episode okay there's a he lot says of it people when he's acting crazy 
Well, he says simmer down when they're looking at the Buckingham Palace, Queen's Guard guy, and they want him to leave him alone. He's like, simmer down. Anyway, my my lab rat is Cam. Why? For being a weirdo about this whole thing. Like, yeah, that's fair. I thought she was out of character. It's more the writer's fault for making her weird. Yeah. Cam is a cool, calm, aloof, collected, very easy, like, chill person. And they made her an absolute freak in the show. I wonder if she'll go back to normal in the next episode. I hope so. Here's hoping. Well, here's to hoping. But at the same time, we now have this new dynamic that Angela and Hodgins are broken up and Cam appears to be the cause no she's not the, the cause. cause she's no. not the cause in reality no no no, no. i'm not but i have a feeling this Angela guy grayson, will blame her grayson is not important enough for any of this to have happened grayson and angela barely know each other this is like if somebody told me they had sex with one of my exes from like 20 years ago i'm like yeah yeah that's like my ex-boyfriend good even for from you my okay <laughs> Great. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> Fine. Seriously. Yeah. That's crazy. It's weird. Anyway, on that note, you feeling good? All right. Yeah. I feel good about it. Let's uh, wrap this up, shall we? I just want to mention to people, please rate. Go onto your podcast app right now and rate our show five stars. And then you can write an insulting comment. Like, if you don't like the show, you can give me five stars, <laughs> and then you can say whatever you want. Okay? I promise. Five stars. Thumbs up. Review and subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe. Subscribe on your podcast app. Subscribe on YouTube now. We have videos of our faces. We do our faces now, and we do uh, the regular audio as well. So we'll have two episodes like two copies of the episode going out every time and yeah be nice if you want even though like if you don't like us five stars say whatever you if you rate me five stars you can say whatever you want okay Okay. (laughs) but also nice comments are allowed i would love to hear something nice tell me something nice about britney's giggle tell me something nice about you know i don't know kelly's singing voice oh yeah (laughs) yeah right I love it. Especially my singing voice. Anyway, so thank you again for listening to this episode of Squintcast. Squintcast. All right. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. Cover art was done by Irena Dolenz Stajan. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany is at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time.